My name's Alex, and in a couple days, my wife and I are having a baby. This is the first entry in an audio diary podcast I'm calling, Are You There, Pod? It's me, Dad. Every week, I'll recap the previous week in figuring this parenting stuff out in real time while calling up my friends that all had babies within the same month I did. So come with me as I figure out parenting on the fly. Are you excited for the weekend? I am excited. I'm going to the vineyard, as you know. As I'll be I on know. the vineyard uh, for an extended few days. So I may have to do my next video recording from there. Yeah. I'm not sure yet, in which case ugh, that presents a whole host of issues for me because I have to find a place to record where people aren't too jealous when they see my house. And you've been to the house, so you know, it's hard to find a corner. Aspirational. That doesn't feel fabulous. It's true. Even yeah. like, like, let me put it this way. I think mice don't feel good enough to go to a property like that. See, I think they feel fabulous. I think of like Stuart Little. Who had so the like, ma- if there's ever a mouse there, which by the way, there isn't, but if there ever is a mouse there, that mouse is living a pretty cush life. Yes, because you get that sort of, I imagine that my mice in the vineyard, because I must have one or two, because, you know, of the wetland, of course. You right, you're by a field house, open a field, field mouse soil. Yeah. Uh, I imagine those mice feel like they live in a little doll's house, that inside the walls of my house, they have a whole other setup. And that- they're probably thinking, look, We've got a good deal here, and you know what's really going to be unfortunate if we have sex. So, they yeah. listen. The choice is this: you either enter Rana's house as a mouse and live a life as a nun and a monk, or you don't go in Rana's house. Yeah, those are the choices. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been to the vineyard in a few weeks, so I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on down there. I know the COVID protocols have been, you know. Well, guess what I'm doing. Oh. So the lobsterman's going to take me on a tour of all the cities that he mentioned in the video. So we're going to Lynn and we're going to something, something, sure, sure. It's going to be, so he's going to do that. By the water, by water or by sea, by sea or by land? Oh, no, no, no. We're just driving places. So he's just going to take you to Lynn? We're spending like a night in Lynn. We're spending like a night in Dorchester. We're spending like a night in, you know what I mean? What's so funny, Rana? <laughs> well, you've been through these. I mean, Lynn, you just skirt. But I've never really seen it. No, you really haven't. But that yeah. was probably intentional. Maybe. Well, I look forward to hearing the breakup story when we get back. You know what? Either this is the beginning of something really great or it yeah. is going to end that, in. It makes me worry because it makes me think he's spending all the t-shirt money on this trip. <gasps> and that would be embezzlement. That would not be what he told people that the money was for. I had not thought of that. I mean, all of a sudden he's got enough money to take you to Lynn. You know what then? Forget yeah. it. Yeah. Forget it. I think you're right. I mean, you don't want to be thrown in jail over this, Brian. You know, for embezzlement. Well, who would press charges against me? For embezzlement. You know, who would press judges against me? Famous last words. It's famous true. last words. Well, <laughs> if right. it doesn't we'll, work out with it. him, uh, we could see if we can get you a quick COVID test, and if you can come to the vineyard, we can we can look into it. But and that'll be um, 
if Jordan's not going to be there, I want to bring him. But if Jordan is going to be there, I'm not going to bring him. Well, you can't bring him either way, so it doesn't really matter. Well, no, because yeah, if, no, but if Jordan's not there, I can yeah. bring him. No, I mean no. He could stay at your neighbor's house or something. <laughs> well, is that fair to him? He wants to spend the weekend with you. He doesn't want to spend the weekend with me. And by the way, ever since Ronna, I heard that he doesn't listen to our podcast. He can't stand it, Ron. You said he hates this show and he hates throwing shade. He really hates that one. I think he's going to warm up to throwing shade. I don't know. Is he, so watching, far, is he listening to groceries? He, that's he sort of loves his, it. That's he sort of his loves speed. it. Yeah, that's he his can't speed. Get, he's constantly showing me new products, but honestly, he's not... Like he showed me a product the other day. It was a tortilla. And he was like, have you ever seen one of these? And I was well, like, that's exotic yeah. to him. Yeah. Right. You said so. I grew up in Texas. Of course, I've seen a tortilla. Yeah. What's your favorite new find from groceries? Not that this should be a free advertisement for groceries, which comes out every Monday in the Throwing Shade feed. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Is it every Monday or every other? Okay. This is where it gets effed. <laughs> Every Monday, every other Monday in the Throwing Shade feed for free. Every okay. other Monday, season two in the Stitcher Premium feed. And then once oh. season, and then after season one is released in the free feed, season two gets released in the free feed. So right now they're getting the old groceries for free in the free feed. Exactly. And people that are on Stitcher From Premium behind the paywall. are getting yes. new season groceries. Correct. How many episodes is that season? So far... I think oh. only two have been released, what but we've recorded five. Okay. Will it be 10? Uh, 13. 13. So once the first 13, as soon as they run out of episodes for the free, uh, from season one, they'll start playing season two. Exactly. In the free feed. Correct. But if you want season two now, you have to go to Stitcher Premium. You have to go to Stitcher Premium. Okay. Got it. I'm so but glad. But my favorite we- new find yeah. has probably been from Costco. These wraps that are like tortillas. Yeah. That you like, you know, like a wrap, like you make a sandwich in a wrap. I hate wraps, but yes. I don't want to shock anyone. I hate wraps and I hate burritos. I don't believe in burritos at all. They have one called a crepini that is made very out thin? of- Very thin, but it still works as a wrap. Or you can uh-huh. eat it as a crepe or use uh-huh. it as a crepe. Uh-huh. Made out of egg whites and cauliflower that oh. you- and that's it. It's like 30 calories a thing, and it's all protein. It is delicious. And is it only available at Costco? It's the only place I've seen it. But yeah. then on the other end at Target, I found um, – have you ever tried dessert hummus? No. What is it? Like chocolate hummus? I think I've seen you. it in the grocery store. I so was, it's chickpeas and chocolate. They have a oh. brownie batter hummus that Rana – listen – it has the same stats as regular hummus. Same mm. amount of sugar, same amount of everything. It literally tastes like slightly sweetened brownie batter, and I ate the entire container. I mean, I can't buy it again. I ate the entire container. But it doesn't have any sugar in it. I think it has like two grams or something. Uh-huh. Wait, yeah. is the sugar, what are they using, stevia or something? Maybe. Monk fruit? Probably. Uh, I hate, I just, you know this about me. I don't like food that isn't what it is. Yeah. I like I know things what that mean. are what they are. I don't like deceptively delicious Jessica Seinfeld. I mean, it's a hummus, but it's a but it's a brownie. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I never thought I'd be delicious. on that too. Brownie batter hummus. Okay. Yeah. All right. So listen, 
Last week on the free feed, they got the classic cliffhangers episode, which I thought was so What funny. a cool, ingenious idea, Ron. Wasn't it? I have to give credit to Adam O'Byrne. He came up with it. Adam O'Byrne. I have to be honest with you. Adam O'Byrne is like a, um, the genie from Aladdin. Okay. What but I'm not mean? exactly sure why. <laughs> I think I just like him a lot and he's fun. He snaps his fingers and makes it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like the genie from, but he is fun. <laughs> he's a very fun person to be around. But he said, let's do a classic cliffhangers episode. And I said, you know what? I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. And there were so many people, either people who were not on Patreon yet or who were on the free feed who didn't really have access to our fabulous answers. And I thought- Not to mention, Rana. That's a good idea. It was way more successful than when like, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me does those compilation episodes or like when the Golden Girls would do it. This was like, because it was all new for people. And for some people, they were hearing it for the very first time. And for others, they were hearing it all together. Yeah. What? Which which was, it was also fun to, the rhythm of the question and then the answer. I enjoyed that. Yes. Um, okay. So listen, we've got to get into it, Brian, because we've got uh, some interesting stuff here. We've got some comments and this and that. We also want to remind people that the election is coming, of course. Oh my God. Two so months away. If you're not registered to vote, if you haven't figured out how you're voting, the other thing people have to remember, you can get your ballot, and then in most states, you can drop it at an ele- approved election facility. You don't yes. have to mail it. You can drop it off. Do two seconds of research and figure this yes. out. Yes. Do, it, do it now. Absolutely. We, you don't want to figure this out a week before. You no. just do Yeah. Do it now. Okay. Ron, are you going to the U.S. Open? Are they even uh, doing it? They're doing it. They are doing it, but some of my favorite players aren't participating. So because I know how you love your tennis, your Roland Garros, and your what's the U.S. Open Center called? Arthur Ashe. Yeah, I have to say that tennis is one of those sports that I can't exactly understand why they can't play more tennis. If they can play golf, they can play tennis. Right. They're on the other side of the court from each other. What's the big deal? That's true. But I do understand people don't want to travel. People also feel politically that it's wrong to put cross other, the line. It's really about everyone that works on the tournament. So I think a lot of the players feel like, why are we putting everybody who works on the tournament at risk? Wanda, Instead you could- of, you know, it's not just about this. Sure, we're the two people standing here, but there's an army of people that make this possible. Vana, I thought of something. Okay. You and Elaine could watch, and we'll even take our shirts off, watch me and the Lobsterman play tennis. And you could Where? pretend you're- At the vineyard? Yeah. He's not coming to the vineyard. No, That's but he's going to play tennis. He doesn't know how to play tennis. Rhonda, we have to get there to soothe you because I know that- And also, what do you think? Me, tennis, have- tennis is just pornography for me? Is that what you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, you always talk about the one, n- I, n- not Nadal, the other one, Federer. Yeah, I love Federer. You talk did, about him like a hunk, Rana. He is an absolute hunk. And yeah. I'll say it every time his name comes up, I can't believe he has two sets of identical twins. I just so can't believe it. Well, the but he did a video with Barilla Pasta, Pasta or Berea Pasta, who I thought, no, Barilla, who I thought we weren't allowed to like, because remember they were anti-gay? Yes, they were anti-gay. But, but maybe I, they I sold the company or something maybe happened. Maybe there's some sort or of the wiggle P- Or it was a family, and then the guy who ran the company got thrown out. Something yes. happened there. Yes. They did a video where there were these two little Italian girls playing tennis across their rooftops during quarantine. 
and they flew Roger Federer in, and he played tennis with them on their rooftops during the quarantine. I hate to say it, it was an, uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Well, Rana, it was well, very I was moving. He's so cute, and of course, he speaks every language. He speaks Italian perfectly. Well, Rana, I never, I never told you this. I don't know if this is a selling point or not, but the lobsterman used to have his twin inside him. Like he had one of those surgeries where, like, have you heard of that? Where like you absorb the twin. You're not. I need to know if you're serious right now. Yeah, he he absorbed his twin, and so they had to cut a piece of it out. I mean, there wasn't like a person living inside him, but yeah. So he doesn't have a twin physically, but he did have one technically. A vanishing twin. Yes. And I'll even show you the skull. Or a parasitic twin. That's another another. Well, way he would that never use that word, Rana. A, because he wouldn't know how to say it. But second <gasps> of all, because that's really negative. I want a picture of that sky, and I want it sent to me today. Well, you could see it if we can play shirtless tennis for you I, and Elaine. I don't want to watch you play shirtless tennis, Brian. <laughs> I just don't. That's not the relationship we have, okay? Okay. Uh, we got a comment here. We did. Yes. Would you like me to read it, or would you sure. like to? Sure. Because it's your kind of comment. Okay. Well, Rana, one of my favorite discussions we've ever had has yes. been toilets. And also, we went. We took a deep dive. We took a grand flush yeah. into bidets, <laughs> and you had some concerns and questions about them. Anyway, I did. I did. This is a comment from Patreon on all things toilet. Okay. Hello, Ron and Brian. After spending some time in Japan, my husband and I decided we could no longer live with our dry, barbaric toilet routine any longer. We purchased a Toto washlet with remote. Mm -hmm. It has all the bells and whistles, and honestly, I cannot imagine my life without it. To speak to your concerns about public spaces, they often have a protective saran wrap type situation that automatically changes. You know what? This is right. I remember this. I know, but they don't only have that in Japan. They have that in all kinds of places. No, yeah, sure. Yeah, Our a lot Jap- of airports have it, yeah. They do. Yeah. Our Japanese friends and colleagues were, colleagues were very perplexed that we would feel clean after just wiping dry. Imagine if you had dog poop on your hand. Would you, would you just wipe it off with dry toilet paper? And as a woman, it saves so much toilet paper and just makes me feel so much cleaner, especially during my period. Anyway, that's my two cents. Gotta order more shades of vanilla so you can use that toilet more. Love you both. <laughs> Claire Pelham. Oh, and P.S. I do not use a towel. My Toto has a drying feature, but I also use a little paper just to pat dry if I'm in a hurry. I was hoping it was going to say, P.S. Please don't say my name. Honestly, maybe I shouldn't have. I don't no, know what she No, it's fine. Wants. She signed to Claire Pelham. She did sign it. Uh, okay. I don't think that the poop on your hand analogy holds up because we're not talking about using soap. No. So even if... You use water to wash poop off your hand. You're not doing it. There's still poop on your hand. That's true, but it's no... Let me put it this way. I agree it's cleaner. It's a better feeling than just dry toilet paper. It's a fabulous experience. Yeah. The the Japanese toilet is a fabulous experience. But your problem's the public. I don't want to share my Japanese toilet with other people. I I agree. That is a personal experience that I want to have on my Japanese toilet. I don't need to have that in public. Yeah. And it's also something I wouldn't mind spending a little more time doing. So again, I don't need that uh, making the lines longer at public restrooms. I don't need the idea in my mind that you're in there luxuriating. Right. But I'm just trying to get out of this restaurant. Yeah. That's my sure. opinion. 
But I agree. If it were that- Al Bundy, imagine the life he'd have because he always talked about his throne. And, and then if he had one of these, he'd really, really feel like a king. People love this Toto washlet, though. Claire's not the only one who wrote in to us about it. We got a, another person sent a video. I think it's a bit like the t- the tushy. I think it's an attachment oh, to the toilet with sort of a remote control. Say, sometimes, and I don't mind in a hotel or something, but I don't like a toilet that is like six feet wide by four feet deep. You no, know what I mean? Very, some of those toilets are very big, those yeah. Toto's. Yeah. yeah. Where... You make a good point where you feel like you're compromising on the ergonomics of the toilet in order to uh, accommodate all of the electronics. And they just look so much worse. They look kind of fat. Yeah. Yeah. But an attachment is, yeah, that's a great option. Love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing, Claire. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something, you can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Should we help some people out, Rana? Let's help some people out, Brian. Do you want to read this first one? I'd love to. (laughs) Dear Rana and Brian, I wanted to start by saying I love the podcast and have been following both of your long, illustrious careers in the public eye. You've got a stalker, Brian. Oh, boy. My father passed away in April of this year. I'm sorry to hear that. I am 26 and my sister is 29. It was unexpected and a bit tragic as I found him after breaking down his door when he wouldn't answer his phone. Now my mom moved to senior living last month after the effects of her early onset low body dementia started to show up. My sister and I are overwhelmed to say the least. For me, I'm finding myself taking on a lot of the roles my father stepped in, uh, a lot of the roles my father stepped in, everywhere from emotional support to being the one that hangs up the TVs. I'm happy to help, but it is starting to be quite the emotional and mental load I am carrying. Any advice on how to reconcile these new roles, as well as keeping my identity? Yours, Matthew. Rana, I have to say... You must have really been moved by this letter because you didn't correct his grammar. That is 100% accurate. Yeah. I made the calculation. I thought about making I the correction. I saw it all happen before my eyes. And I chose not to. And you you know me better than you think. You know me. That is exactly what happened. So that was my gift. to I can do, That was my condolence card to Matthew was not correcting his grammar. I do have to say, Rana, I think this is really a question for you. I have never experienced loss on that level. Yeah. And I I really can't even, I I don't know what advice I could give. I haven't walked in those shoes and I know you have. Well, it is true, of course. I have had to be mother and father to Jordan since Bob passed away. Yeah. And of course, I've lost other people in my life. 
But so it is true. Somebody once described it to me as think of the solar system and then either the sun or a planet is removed from that solar system. So basically all of the planets have to realign their gravitational pull. So everybody had a position and now they have a different position or they have to find that new position. And that is one of the, there are so many, April, by the way, is a minute ago. I mean, yeah. it's so recent. And so particularly- Especially in this new world where all you're doing is sitting and thinking. And particularly in that first year, grief is sort of this very surprising experience. You sort of think you have a handle on it and then you don't. And then you think you do again and then you don't. And it's a little bit like, especially if you were close with this person or or a, a parent in particular, it's- it's a bit like suffering from a broken heart. So if you think about the first worst time that you experienced those feelings, where you thought, how will I ever survive this? Or more importantly, when will this feeling start to fade? Mm -hmm. And that is sort of the feeling, is that this thing has been taken from your life and you know you have to learn to live without it. But every part of you wishes that it, that there would be a day where you would wake up and it would go back to where it was. So that's just sort of where he's operating on a base level. But the thing that's so cruel about grief, and in a way, maybe, I don't know, during COVID, I hadn't really thought about this. There's been a lot of focus on the fact that people can't grieve in sort of traditional ways. Mm-hmm. Can't go to church or synagogue or whatever your thing is can't have the community or really shouldn't be having the community all together to give somebody the send off. But also all of those rituals are things that allow people to move on and allow people to come to terms with loss. Yeah. So even if you're not religious, it's sometimes very helpful to follow those steps that are provided for you. That's why a lot of people find comfort in religion at these times, even if it's not really about God. But I have always said, for all of the major milestones in life, people are given time off. If you have a baby, they give you three three months off or six months off or whatever it is. If you get married, you go on a honeymoon, take two weeks off, blah, blah, blah. When someone dies, there really isn't grief leave. So you sort of go... Maybe you decide to take your vacation for that time or you have a a job that's nice enough to give you a couple of days. But more often than not, people have to go back to work on the following Monday or whatever it is. So maybe there's been a little silver lining in this COVID that he's been able to be at home and find ways to sit with this a little bit more. Maybe. I don't know. But the problem is that you have to return to normal life. So you're going through this horrible, heart-wrenching feeling and breakup. And on top of that, there's all of this business, busy work that needs to be taken care of. For instance, putting your mother in a home, Mm -hmm. which is another level of loss that this guy is experiencing. And so I think it's wonderful that you want to be that support or sort of be the man of the house or whatever it is for your sister. And... 
that that can feel very close and very loving. But what if you, but if you're experiencing the feeling that if you're the kind of person that feels that they need to give to everybody else and support everybody else, and you're not really making room for yourself to experience this grief and move through this grief, that's a problem because it's not, You can't suppress it. You can't bury it. It's not going anywhere. The only way is through, like so many things in life. And so my guess would be that you have to, even though you and your sister are sort of in this boat together, riding the waves, you still have to have your own individual experience of this thing. And my guess would be that you have to find a way to set a few boundaries, which is, okay, you're going to help her put up a TV because you also don't want to resent her. And she's, of course, feeling unmoored by all of this also. But if you don't want to put her TV up on Saturday, even if you made the plan to come over on Saturday and do it, you don't have to. Completely agree. You should feel that you can say to her, I know I said, come over, I'd come over and put up your TV. I really, I woke up this morning feeling rotten. I'm having a hard time. I think I need to spend the day by myself. And if she of all people can't understand that, then you got to explain it to her again, basically. Right. But, and I think she, I think I'm sure she, she will understand it because I think you're right, Rana. Like you've, you really can't probably take as good a care of someone else. If you're also not taking care of yourself anyway, yeah. And I think the last thing you want to do is resent your sister. And so it might be annoying to, for you initially to feel a little bit guilty for not helping out as much as she'd like you to. But like, yeah, I mean, who's looking out for you right now? You've, you've, you've got to. You don't want to feel lost. And the other thing is, it's funny. He said, how do I reconcile these new roles as well as keeping my identity? Your identity is going to shift now. Because you're not, a, you know, overnight, you're not a child anymore. You're a parent now. You're a parent to your mother who yeah. has dementia and is in a home. And you're an adult to yourself, meaning you're the grown-up. And your sister's a grown-up too. You don't have to be your sister's father. You can resist that. You do not yeah. have to be that. You can be a helpful man in her life and you can be a best friend and a support, but you don't have to be her father just because she doesn't have a father. You don't have a father either. And you don't have to fall into all of that gender stereotype stuff. Everybody can be a grown-up and learn to be a grown-up. And if she resists that, yeah. And if she resists that, then, and there's another one called porch.com. Oh, okay. Put your TV up too. But if she resists that, that's really on her. That's not on you. But you have to create space for yourself to grieve And you also have to be willing, even if you're the most consistent guy in the world, if you're having a day, you absolutely have the right to say, I can't come over. I can't go to dinner. I can't do whatever. It's tricky because you don't want to slip into depression. But this is a depressing thing. It just is. You can't pretend it's not happening. And it's not forever. But it also doesn't ever go away. I will tell you that. So if you think that in six months you're going to feel better, you're not going to feel better. You're going to feel different. 
It's not going to weigh on you every minute of every day in the way that when you get your heart broken, eventually life returns to some sort of a new normalcy. But your identity has shifted going back to the planets. You're not that planet anymore. This is a new world. You're still you, but this is part of growing up, unfortunately. And very sadly, it's happening at a very young age for you. You don't want to feel the backlash of it because you tried to press it down or you tried to do for everybody else. And you don't want to ever have a tense relationship with your sister. You You've know? only got each other. Yeah. But there will be tense moments. Sure. They just will. And there will be moments where in her grief, she will think it's completely unfair or selfish that you don't want to come over and make her feel better. And you just have to understand also that people deal with grief in very different ways. Some people, everybody is who they are. And if she was a little helpless before, she's going to be a lot helpless now. And it, there is a sort of temporary insanity that some people go through. Mm-hmm. And often that writes itself, but sometimes it doesn't. And it's just a shitty, shitty, shitty time. It is. But it happens to everybody at some point. It's just happening to you, unfortunately, at a very young, sweet, tender age when everything in life is shifting anyway at 26. But this is, you'll, this, is who, this is it. This is who you are. This is what it is. So you sort of have to accept life on its own terms in a way. Did I want to leave Bob in St. Bats? Of course not. Did I want that to happen that way? Of course not. Right. Are there days where I think I was supposed to get another 30 years with this person? Of course and it breaks your heart to think about it. But then you have to remember that you got the first 26. So, Ronna, was any part of you when Bob died? <laughs> Tread carefully, Brian. Was any part of you <laughs> really Did your did your shoulders <laughs> come away from your ears a little more? I do get to make a few more decisions on my own that I didn't get to make when Bob was around. <laughs> I'm not saying you're glad about anything, but there must have been something a little bit that was like. You know what I hate, Brian? Hmm. I hate rinsing glasses with pulp in them. Orange juice glasses when the pulp dry Because if you don't rinse it's them dry, immediately. You have to do it right. It's like with oatmeal. You have to right do it on. right away. Yeah. Pulp. Oatmeal, peanut yeah. butter. Yeah. Bob had to have fresh squeezed orange juice every morning. Yeah. And it was my pleasure to make it for him. Of course. To bring it to him. You had a beautiful marriage. But he would often read the paper and drink his juice slowly. And I would just watch that pulp cake on the side of that glass and think, if this schmuck doesn't take the last gulp of this juice so that I can so that I can rinse that glass. That sort of thing. That I don't miss. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Is that why you got so... Um, Beautiful what? after Bob death. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Should I we move on, straight, Rana? That was I went really... straight. I got a facelift one a week and a half after Bob dad. You but did? To change your identity? To, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Just like a lift. Yeah. Well, I knew. I mean, come on. We got to start... Look, this is the end of something and the beginning of something else. That's right. Uh, no. Uh, okay. well, that was really lovely, Rana, and very well, nice, very nice uh, who advice. Who knows if it was or it wasn't, but I hope it was helpful. 
Well, you talked about your experience and, you know, I feel like sometimes the more specific people get, the more it helps other people. And I always tell people there was an interview with Paul McCartney with Matt and Bashir to look up this interview with Paul McCartney and Matt and Bashir, who was the one that interviewed Michael Jackson, as you may recall. Don't I I know it. And I think he also, and Lady Di, I believe. And Lady Di. I'm I'm always dying to know what he's up to because he's fun. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's their Geraldo. Completely. Martin Bashir interviewed Paul McCartney and they were talking about this and that and whatever. And then he asked a fascinating question. And he said, uh, you're a person who's, who's dealt with a lot of grief in your lifetime. What be, with John and, and Linda. Yeah. And he said, what is your advice to people? And I think that Paul McCartney was so caught off guard by the question that he answered it. Yeah. And he said, you're going to cry in front of a lot of strangers. You just are. There's just going to be times where you break out into tears and there's nothing you can do about it and that you can't suppress grief. You just have to go through it. And so you're going to cry in front of a lot of strangers. And that was a very uh, insightful and freeing bit of advice. So it's okay to be a little bit of a mess. You sound like a very responsible guy, but you're also just a kid. And it's also okay to feel that this is totally unfair. I also want to know, did he say whether or not he's gay or, or anything? I think we can assume. But okay, no. well, I'm going to assume that he is. <laughs> and I want to know if he, went, if he went by Matt or Maddie growing up, but then changed it back to Matthew when he hit like 20. Okay. So well, maybe I he hope he, he'll write back to us, Matthew. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely a Matthew now. Maybe yeah. he should become a Maddie going into his new identity. That's true. Yeah. All right, you read the next one. Okay. Mon chéri, Rana et Brian. Oh, boy. I started do, I started dating Mr. Purple almost two... What? I started dating... Oh, it must be a pseudonym. Yeah, this I start, is a, already this is Fifty Shades of Grey, this letter. <laughs> I started dating Mr. Purple almost two years ago. We met on a sort of kinky, really hookup app called Field. I've never heard of that. F-E-E-L-D. He was he was separated from You'll his wife. You'll be on that 10 seconds after No this. kidding. Yeah. I'm ready to meet- Let me know what you find. Mr. Pink. Yeah. Already, he, he's ready to meet my Mr. Pink, if you know what I mean, Rana. You know what? Let's he was sep- keep moving. He was separated from his wife, but was expecting to get back together eventually. And I was reeling from a breakup. I just wanted to have fun and experiment around. I definitely had fun, but saw Mr. Purple pretty regularly. We were slowly becoming a regular couple in an open relationship. During COVID, we decided not to see anyone else and had the best time, as if it's over, by the way. Or maybe they're in a different country. We each had our apartments, but went on a bunch of bike rides, had movie nights, made food. This sounds fun. Obsessively oh, they decided watched- to exclusively see only one another during Only COVID. one another during okay. this. Yeah. Yes. Um, we each had our apartments, but went on bike rides, movie nights, made food. They must be New Yorkers because it says obsessively watched Cuomo's briefings, made masks together, and went to Brooklyn protests together. This is surreal the way we were. Yeah. He is a genuinely adorable, sweet, attentive, and funny man who wears really hilarious, colorful sneakers. Also, he and his wife had decided to get a divorce. 
I really like him, but because we started with such a defined boundary, I didn't let myself think anything more could come from it. Now, of course, we've deepened our intimacy during COVID times. Now New York is opening up. He's gone back to work, and I don't know what we should be anymore. Should I give him space because he's about to go through a life-changing divorce? Do I sit it out and see if we're still together afterwards? I don't think I'm clear on what I feel since we started with such defined boundaries, but now that New York has opened up and he's moving forward, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. What do you do? This is a real this is a real um carry question from Sex in the City. What do you do when your married lover becomes your COVID BF? Signed, Miss Scared and Confused. P.S. I'm an opera and I don't know how to say this in French, theater designer, essentially. So my entire industry is on hold indefinitely. Thank you so, so much for doing two podcasts a week. They are helping. Rana, I actually have a question for you. I feel like, and this is a gender stereotyping thing. Please. It always seems like generally guys seem to be the thing that like, or at least I'm going to say in movies, who knows if this is true. Guys seem to be more like, why do we have to define it? Whereas women in movies, again, sort of seem to be the ones who are like, no, because it needs to be defined. For me, things need to be defined, which I guess is the reverse of what I just said. Sure. I don't like... I need to know what rib your parasitic whether, twin lived in. Compl- whether we're friends, exactly. Whether we're friends with benefits or whether we're together. <laughs> I, loved, I love the ro- I love the vision of you dating somebody and imagining you just one night walking. You have somebody invites you over for dinner, whatever it is. You just walk through the door and you say, look. Yep. I need to know if this is a steak or if this is a regular steak, or if I'm having steak every Friday night, yep. then I can relax. But I yep. need to know right now. Absolutely. Or when they're waking up, yeah, I'm already in the chair opposite the bed, <laughs> smoking a cigarette and having a drink and saying, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> that sounds pretty great. Uh, I think, first of all, I think that is... Yes, it's a stereotype. I think it's often true. I think it's true. I think it applies to this situation on both sides. Because my guess is uh, this guy isn't going to want to define it. He's going to want to keep doing what we're doing. Because it's working. (laughs) Right. But really simply, very simply put, because it's working. Yeah. And because he probably has a little bit of a fear of the concept of the future at the moment, because he is still figuring out the present. Right. None of that actually, and by the way, it takes getting to be my age to look back on life to even say something like this. I can't wait. Because you don't feel that way when you're in the middle of it. Right. But none of that really does have anything to do with what you're doing. Meaning, so often, there are external constructs that we preoccupy ourselves with that, look, if you're dating a guy who's a fox in a hen house, that's another story. Sure. You don't trust him. You think he's playing with you, whatever it is. Those instincts, sometimes they come from previous relationships, previous traumas or triggers or whatever. 
And sometimes they come from your guts, from your instincts and your guts. And you know you're on shaky ground, but you decide you like 70% of what's going on and how are we going to move this? And sometimes, especially when you're a little younger and if you feel like either getting married or feeling secure in a relationship, some people's security is incredibly important in a relationship, that's all your personal chemistry and your personal makeup. And there's nothing wrong with any version of that. Yeah. But sometimes the relationship is great and doesn't need to be super, super defined. If you can live with that kind of uh, ambiguity. Sure. Because it is moving along as it's just unfolding and moving along and everybody's being honest and everybody's being committed and all of those things. And in that way, sometimes it just feels good. And if it's working, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that sort of thing. Right. I really think her question has everything to do with the last two lines of the letter. Okay. Let's, I don't should I read them really again? think. If you, sure. I would like to just even for my benefit. Sure. But now that New York has op- opened up and he's moving forward, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. What do you do when your married lover becomes your COVID BFF? P.S. Ah, okay. P.S. I'm an opera and theater. Um, P.S. I'm an opera and theater theater designer. <laughs> so my entire industry is on hold indefinitely. Thank you so, so much for doing poop for doing two podcasts a week. Two poop really, casts. Two These poop have casts become poop casts. Honestly, we talk about washlets and tushies the whole time. It's true. Uh, Thank you for your yeah. poop cast. I mean, she'll probably, let's be honest, she'll probably be the last one to go back. It, it, I think that whole industry is the last to go, especially theater is the last to go back. So this is the problem. They had this totally unexpected, incredible COVID bubble relationship together. Casablanca. And now he is returning to regular life. She's still in lockdown and he isn't. Yeah. At least in terms of the stagnation of life. Yes. So she is terrified, which is, of course, understandable. She's Catherine. He's Larry Douglas. He's good. That's exactly right. He is going out into the big bad world. He's going back to war. And she is just still taking notes at Bill's office. Yes. But he's going back out into the world. He will rejoin the workforce. He will rejoin the rhythms of his life. He will maybe forget about her. That is her fear. That they sort of, and also there's, again, I could be wrong. Other people are much less traditional and much much less binary when it comes to relationship philosophies than I am. And so... I could be completely wrong about this. But my guess is because of the way the relationship started, there is an insecurity that either he's a bit more of a libertine. So either he could have a wandering eye or he enjoys things and then tires of them or that this is her fear. And really the truth may be he can't believe this terrific relationship and it's going great. He right, really, it could, it truly he really could be may that. just be in that space where he thinks, I don't want to talk about where we're going to be in two years because I'm getting divorced right now. And that seems terrifying. And I have to say, 
I, I do think that that's also sort of key in that, like, I went through the easiest divorce ever and it sucked. It was awful. And it, not because it was contentious or anything like that, just the loss. Even, even though it was so just dead and gone at that point, it, it, it is just a difficult thing to go through. And, and it feels crappy to go it through. Feels it feels crappy. So you even feel like if a Mr. Failure, Wonderful knocked on your door, you wouldn't necessarily be feeling like you had the energy to deal with it. Yeah. And so I would say even if he's putting on, because I think with many people in my life, I sort of, you were an exception, Ron. I was very honest with you. But I think I was just sort of feeling like, well, nothing has happened bad to me. So I don't really want to – I just wanted to act like it was no big deal. But it was. And he might be doing the same thing. And so it also just might be worth it to be like, how are you doing through all of this? Because the the last thing – and this is only from personal experience. I was just not even – and I was having fun with guys. But I was not thinking anything beyond maybe the only time in my life, like, can we do this day by day? Um, And so – I don't know. I, I think like, A, I think you could talk to him about the divorce if you want. Just really, I don't know. I, I, I just think like if he's not thinking about you, even even if their divorce is lovely, um, it's, it's weighing on him. It's a major life event. Yeah. And I mean, look, the only way you're ever going to know these things is if you discuss them with him. Exactly. That's and true about all of it. Because you're right. He might feel like I'm back in the world. Like you said, I'm ready to go back to my old life. Or he might feel like this is amazing and I'm loving where it's at. And I just got tied up with something that didn't work out and has affected my life. And potentially my pocketbook or whoever. I don't know whose fault it was or maybe nobody's. Yeah. But He may feel like what's going on between you two is the best thing in his life. He may feel that way. Yeah. But – it doesn't change the fact that he still has to go through this other thing. Mm-hmm. And that you may have caught each other in this kind of liminal moment where life sort of was suspended for a while. Mm-hmm. Everybody was off work. I mean, it's funny. I think so much about wartime during all of this. I mean, it's almost like a wartime romance. Casablanca. Where, again, all of the rules are suspended and you two people that find yourselves in the same space and yeah. have genuine affection and attraction for each other. Sure. But sometimes those things can move into the real world and sometimes they can't. I really don't know. I totally understand and even feel a little hot sick for you how you're feeling about yeah. this. Because Who hasn't been there? It sounds wonderful. Yeah. But the other problem is that you really have to come to terms with your feeling of a lack of purpose at this moment because you're not able, I mean, if you're an artist, which she is, an opera and theater designer, that's an artistic pursuit, and it's not a job people just get that they fall into. No. It's a a passion. Completely. And so there is a part of you that doesn't have an outlet at the moment for that piece of your passionate personality and your artist spirit. So you're really channeling all of that creativity and that passion probably into your personal life at the moment. And maybe there are other ways. Maybe there are, I don't know what they are, but you've got to find something to do. 
it's not going to be exactly that. I mean, we're joking that some of the guys that are working with us now are too good to work on the show. But the truth is, a lot of them are theater people and theater designers. Tony's an actor. Nick is a designer. Adam is an actor. But there is nothing for the, and Adam's a producer. There's nothing going on. They've had to pivot, and aren't they so lucky that they get to spend all of their time with <laughs> with Ron and Brian? But truly, people are happy to have jobs and are happy to be engaged in something creative. And Brian and I are very lucky in this moment that podcasting happens to be a thing that we can do. Yes. And because, believe me, we're all waiting for 911 to come back. We just are. All of America with bated breath. But so one thing you have to do is you have to have a conversation with yourself about purpose. And even if that purpose is you're going to become the world's greatest baker, or you're going to read two books a week, or or you're going to learn to speak French, or you're going to do whatever the thing is that you didn't do that you now have the time to do. That is a personal identity issue that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because that is feeding your insecurity about the fact that he has gone back to work and is moving on with his life in your mind, not necessarily in his. That's mind. true. I mean, listen, nothing, nothing makes you spiral more than sitting at home wondering about someone you really like at work and out into the world. Is he going to come? What happens? He comes home. Completely, from work? you're tapping that cigarette. What if he doesn't want pot roast and I made pot roast? He said he wanted it this morning, but maybe he had a bad day and he wished I made a chicken. That's I mean, right. it's a 1950s housewife. Complete, your mind just goes to the worst place possible. Yeah. And would and you I, say that she, sh- is there a world him? in which she does say something? Yeah. I think you can say, this has been so great. I love spending time with you. I know life is about to get complicated. I know that, Look, talking about your divorce isn't the sexiest thing I can imagine and probably isn't something that you're dying even to talk about. But I really want this to continue. That's actually a good way to put it, of just saying, like, I know we're about, we're living in a more post-COVID world and obviously we had so much fun. I'd like it to keep going because you're not asking necessarily someone to define something. Am I your girlfriend? No. Right. You're not asking that. Yeah. I think I think all of that will be cl- come clear from the conversation. Yeah. I think you need to be clear about not asking him for something. You just maybe asking for some definition. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a little bit of a leap of faith element to this, which is you have to work on your own insecurity. All understandable. Who wouldn't feel that way in this situation? I know. And you have to just Put a little trust in the fact that if you're enjoying this as much as if he's enjoying this as much as you are, that everybody wants that to continue. Yeah. But this thing is it's either gonna work or it's not gonna work. And if there is a future for you, and I don't mean to make that sound so absolute, because I think when people say things like that, when you're the person getting the advice, you think, so it is or it isn't. Right. You sort right. of you sort of just want the answer. Yes. And and who doesn't? But my point is. There's a basic level of respect here. You're attracted to each other. You love each other's company. You're having a great time together. In order for this relationship to be real, there has to be a certain level of respect and trust. So even if he says to you, I'll be honest with you, this is my favorite thing in my life right now. 
But if you want me to tell you what we're going to be in a month, I really can't because this divorce is coming down the line or whatever. Yeah. And if you can live with that uncertainty, I would love to keep doing what we're doing and see where this goes. But the idea of, of making a promise to another person mm-hmm. when I'm still trying to figure this out, I don't know that I can do that. You, you then at least have the permission to tell yourself, okay, that was a really honest answer. Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to weather this longer and see how it goes. I, I think the moment will come where it either transforms into something real or where you start to genuinely feel like, Hmm, this has shifted. Yeah, I think so too. But it shouldn't be because you sabotaged it. It should be because of what it became on its own. And that stuff, especially initially is so fluid anyway. Like I have dated people who had, First, I was like, no, I don't want to get serious at all or, or, you know, I don't really want to get serious. And then a month later, I did. Because you grow attached to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really great point because in a way what you're saying is allow him the space Mm -hmm. to grow attached to you, essentially. It sounds like he already has, to be honest. But allow him the space to feel that this can end. But also that it doesn't ha- allow it to unfold. Yeah. But if you ever start genuinely feeling bad about yourself and about yeah. your place in the thing, you have to pay attention to that. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. That's All right. my answer. All right, where are we now? One Should last, we do one last? One last question. I can't this is it already feels like Labor Day. Sure. Except, except I'm doing the labor is how yeah. it feels instead of uh, okay. so take, kicking back and right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm supposed to, as soon as this is over, I'm going to go have a strawberry margarita. Terrific. Am I? I don't know. We'll see. It sounds but fun. In my brain, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to take all those half used strawberries. Oh, we got another condensed milk recipe. With strawberries he, again? Everybody's using condensed milk now. I don't know what's going God, on. God, that's All so right. funny. It's the hot, the hot new item is condensed milk. It's a, another one of those comfort items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and childhood items that people return to. Yeah. Though I never really had much condensed. I also think it's uh, geographic. Okay. Like they used it Vietnamese, in Vietnamese coffee or in oh, Indian sure. iced tea and that sort of yes. thing. Yes. Dear Ron and Brian. I can't thank you enough for all the joy, laughter, and A-plus recommendations you've brought to my life. I haven't ha- had a worthy question until now. Is it weird that I can already hear both of you read this aloud? Well, <laughs> it's only going to be weird if what you're imagining and what we're doing are two different things. True. I am a New Jersey transplant making roots in New Bedford, Mass., I recently started fundraising for a campaign to put books about cultural diversity and social justice in local elementary schools. Because the majority of my friends are still in New Jersey and New York, I emailed them to support my effort in making a difference in the community I now call home. My question, how do I handle the friends, not acquaintances, who don't donate? Sure. My fundraiser isn't their number one priority, but I've posted regularly on social media and I know they have the means. Do they not believe in the cause? 
Are they the people who can't say Black Lives Matter? I suppose this is the crux of the matter. Does my donation request highlight the friends who are not in alignment with my values? And if I confirm that, should I kick them to the curb? Wow. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Plenty of friends donated happily, so they're not all jerks. I just wonder that at age 39, is this the sort of thing that helps you walk away from old friendships? Or am I being a brat by holding a grudge against someone who just thinks differently? With love and gratitude, Maria. Feel free to use my first name. Maria, Maria, Maria. Maria. I just met a girl named Maria. Maria. She's ready, Rana, she's ready to ditch them. And She's, suddenly that name will never be the be same. the same to me. Are we going to sing that at the cabaret? My, of course, well, definitely. Well, only if we get to wear the Von Trapp outfits, we'll get Great. to do that. No. Maria's from West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette, cigarette to, to your, your last, last dying, dying day. day. Tony's ass over teacup for Maria when he sings that song. He certainly is. Rana. Oh, I can't I wait think, for you to answer this question. I think Maria is – first of all, there is an enormous difference between posting something on social media and emailing your friends and asking them to donate. Whenever I have gotten an email from my friends being like, I started this thing. I'd love for you to donate. It could be a mass email even. I donate. When I see – especially right now when people are – when you're seeing that more and more for really wonderful causes and you do feel the call to action, I think you need a little bit more of a nudge than just a social media post if, if you really want them to be serious about it. You haven't even given that opportunity and you're ready to walk away. <laughs> yeah. I think they need an email. I think they need it. It doesn't have to be a, a – it doesn't have to be like you're only sending it to one person at a time and you don't have to say like I'd really love it, da, da, da. You could literally just say like I'm not sure if you guys are aware. I've started this thing. I'd love your support. Any amount works. And I guarantee you they will. And if after that they don't, then you can reassess is my opinion. But she's ready. I mean listen. The gasoline is on the clothing. It's all in the car. She's got the match. She's ready to light it. She's calling us from the side of the road with the match poised next to the matchbook. And she wants to know, should she light it? That's what she wants to know. Completely. I I don't think, I think it's just way too premature to make a judgment call on whether they are all lives matter people based on the fact that they they have not yet donated to your thing, which... I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen your social media account. Maybe it's for friends only and you have like 15 followers and they're all I really close friends. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Okay? Let's dial this, peel this way back, Maria. Yeah, Okay. Maria. First question to Maria is if she's a sign of privileges member. And if she isn't, should I take it personally that I've asked everybody to become a sign of privileges Privileges member, and that I've told everybody the two dollars from every sauna privileges membership is going to go to World Central Kitchen or Trevor Project or this one or that one. Yeah. So should I be furious with the other twenty-two thousand members of the of the carriage house who have chosen not to give me ten dollars a month to all of my friends in the carriage house? Yeah. That's first of all. Okay. No. People can do whatever they want. This has been a time of great appeal 
People have been asking for $5 for this, $5 for that, blah, blah, blah. How you spend your money is entirely up to you. And just because they don't want to support your books initiative to put, and I'm just going to say it, Maria, it's a wonderful thought and a wonderful idea. Half these people live in communities where schools aren't even going to reopen. Your initiative is to put books in schools. That's what her initiative is. Socially, mm-hmm. socially conscious and culturally diverse books. Which, by the in, way, is great. I, it's I a wonderful thought. Yeah. It is. It's a great cause. Yeah. However, a lot of kids aren't even going back to school. So why am I going to give money to that when there isn't even a school library for anybody to take the book out of? That's A. Maria is thrown herself in whatever water source she can find right that now. That is changing from day to day that schools are opening. So should I give $5 to that or should I give $5 to the Southern Poverty Law Center? Or should I give $5 to Black Lives Matter? Or should I give $5? Just because I don't give to your book initiative doesn't mean that I don't believe the Black Lives Matter. Not I to may mention, be believing that in 10 other ways, and I've already given. And, I, and the other thing is, the thing about social media is, and you make a great point about an email versus a post. A post is something you can look at and you can look away from. An email is a direct appeal. But they say, hey, friend, you can't I'm talking it. to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. A post is, I saw it, I didn't see it. I like, yeah, sometimes I hit like on your thing because I like you, but I don't really read what you're doing or whatever. None of this that you've put forth to us is enough evidence to judge someone's value system. Okay? And I also have to say, I have also received, and I'm not saying this is you, Maria. In fact, I know that it probably isn't because you're a Patreon member and you're, part of, you're one of our friends. I don't know. You might be fair weather, but you're one of our friends. <laughs> I mean, she might be fair weather. I'm with you, Maria, till the end. But this I want to say. <laughs> I have also received things from people who have created their own fundraisers. And sometimes, depending on the person, I am not certain where that the money's going. Where the money's going and if it will happen. I'm sure it's all good intentions. I don't I don't think these people are trying to steal money from me, but it's sort of like, okay, what is the system you have in place? Where right. is this going? How is it going there? So should I send so I only have so much money, okay? Yeah. Because a lot of people we can't ignore losing their jobs, may not be getting the $600, may not be getting the PPE, may not right. everybody or they were heavily invested in the, the stock market or not or whatever, or the housing prices have fallen where they are. There are so many variables to people's personal portfolios. But in addition to that, there has been an incredibly, and I don't know, I haven't done the research, but I bet in this moment, there has been a totally momentous amount of giving going on. As bad as it's been, people have been giving. But people have to decide for themselves how they want to spend that money. And personally... I would like to give my money to an organization where I know exactly color of change, whatever it is. We And we think about this every month. We think, are we really giving our money yeah. to a place where they're gonna, it's going to do the most good? It's going to happen, and it's going to do the most good. And at the moment, as amazingly intentioned as you are, 
it's not clear if that money is going to do the most good because it's not clear if kids are going to go back to school for a week and then not be there or da 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 da. So the idea is sound, but it may not be the first place I think to give to. I think if you really want to push harder, of course you can send a personal email. Yeah. I think the other thing is, and I don't. With a, by the way, without any attitude, I think just say like, "This is what I'm working on. Not sure if you're aware of it. I'd love your support. Um, hope you're well." Like I, I you so know. What, let's say she sent this email to thirty people. Yeah. If every single one of them wrote back to her, this is where we get into the real housewives. Are you coming to my event? Are you going to my event? Right, I'm right, having right. an event. Are you coming to my event? I'd love to come to your event. Are then you she's be at actually my got event? a list. Yeah. Well, now you have thirty people that you need to give twenty five dollars to. Uh-huh. If they choose to write back to you and say, uh, oh, yeah, well, I'm also doing local library. Also, these people don't live in your community. You're asking them to support your, the community in your new, li- in your new life. They oh. might just want to put that money in their community. Maybe they want to give books to the local New Jersey school, but not to the New Bedford school. I mean, there's just a lot of levels here where it's easy to say no to this. Yes. They just are. And so it's very nice that people have given. And I think that's wonderful. And I think we've been very critical, but your heart is absolutely in the right place. But I think that the other thing that's going on here, and and this doesn't necessarily apply to Maria, and I don't want want her to feel like we're trampling on her, but this is part of what is wrong with this COVID moment right now. People are spending more and more of their lives on social media. Yes. They are not spending uh, me, their lives yeah. IRL with people. Totally. They Their relationships on social media have become increasingly significant. I so, was going to say there's more meaning now to like – to to what's behind a like or not a I mean in other words you're just yes. you're, you're so much there's so much more scrutiny with what's happening on there now. So a post being ignored used to feel like oh I don't know I don't check my phone I was at work and I was here I was there and because you're glued to your phone you think they're glued to their phone and how dare they ignore you. Not to mention there's a little bit of a feeling probably of now you've moved on and there is a a sort of unspoken, you feel that you're being ignored by people who you used to be important to, and now you're not important in their life anymore because you've moved. And that could be true or not be true, but you've decided to take that personally. But I think the criticism, this idea that do I break up with people because of this, this is a big thing that's wrong in this moment. People are allowed to have privacy. People are allowed. Look, if somebody writes back to you and says, "Well, I don't think Black Lives Matter," so no thanks. Then fuck them. Yeah, great. Drop yeah. them. Drop them to drop them one minute later. Right back. Go fuck yourself. And then blah blah blah. My God, my language has been out of control on this. show. I think it all started from a couple of weeks ago with the WAP video. P- probably. Yeah. Well, you know, still wearing my leopard. That's but true. But the uh, you should see me walk. They should have asked me to walk down the hallway. That would have been. You would have. When are we getting Cardi B on the show? She interviewed Joe Biden. We should be able to get her on the show. But this idea that criticism is activism in some way. So what I mean by that is you're going to criticize all of these people in your circle or somebody posts and you jump on that post 
or whatever it is. And we've seen this on occasion on our boards too, where people are jumping on people. Or right. if you don't do something exactly the way that they want you to, that they're going to tell you about it. And that somehow that person then feels better that they have spoken up right during their wrong. day. Yeah. But it's a totally, and whatever, this is the internet, but it is, it's nothing. You've done nothing except make the other person feel bad in an attempt to make yourself feel better. And in an effort to just be, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. How do you know where they're spending their money? That's how do right. you know how they feel? They don't owe you anything. And they definitely don't owe you an explanation. And you don't know whose husband's lost the job or who's pretending they didn't lose the job or who's giving 300 bucks a month to the ACLU. You just I- don't know. I would also say, like, you're right, Rana, if this is a community fundraiser, then they probably are like, well, listen, they either haven't seen it. I don't live in New Bedford. I have to decide where I'm putting my money. Completely. Um, So, look, they didn't move there. You did. But you have to not – you are putting yourself in a position and seem kind of excited about it to take things personally. Yes. And that – isn't what's going on here. People are just busy living their lives. Yes. And it doesn't mean they don't care about you. And it doesn't mean they don't care about the same things as you. If somebody blatantly tells you, I don't agree with you. And I think this is stupid and Trump 2020 or whatever. Great. Dump them. If if their values don't align with yours. But ignoring your social media post and not giving 10 bucks to your lending library doesn't make somebody a racist certainly not and it, it isn't an indictment of a person no it, it just it isn't. isn't yeah you're just dealing with the move sweetheart you got two feet two places and da, 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 feeling a little sensitive everybody is and also life is totally magnified through socials and through the distance and through everybody being feeling, even if they're starting to open up where you are, everybody just feels the pressure of this moment right now and the uncertainty of it. So it's so hard and we're all battling this every day, but don't go picking fights just because you're anxious. I know. And just because it could so even be- so hard, but yeah. we're all doing it. Believe me. You should have heard me go after Yadvina the other day about the garbage disposal because she put something down the garbage disposal. Did I apologize to her? No. But <laughs> should I <laughs> should I have taken that tone with her? I could have been a little nicer. Sure. But look, I'm dealing with I've got a house on the video. No, I mean I got you, a house it's here. nonstop. I've got a, a podcast. I've got another podcast. Yeah. I've got a Rana Reed series. I've got uh, video you're running podcast. your coffee mogul. I've I mean, got like, a coffee it, business. Where does it begin and end? I've got a, I've got to start thinking about Ronica now, I, even I though mean, it's Labor Day. Exactly. Halloween's in a minute. You're testing. It's I've all I've got the of Jewish this. holidays coming up. It, I have. We have an international event coming up. We have completely. so much on our minds. That's right. So did I have to say get that goddamn peach pit out of my? You know, did you think to look when you heard the sound? Did you think there was something wrong in there? Right. Could I have just let it go? Yes. But I didn't. So none of us are perfect, okay? We're all dealing with the anxiety of this moment. But don't go looking for problems where they don't exist. And I will say, 
And people deserve to have privacy in this world. And they do. How to spend, it doesn't make, just because they're not living their life out loud, doesn't mean they're not doing the right things. That's and do you important. think you would feel less isolated in a new city by cutting off 30 people or however many people aren't? I think also, if, if you want to get rid of some old friends, get rid of them. Who cares? What could be a better opportunity than a move? Couldn't agree more. And also, I just think if you want to get a response from people, you have to ask them the question beyond social media. You have to, if you want to do this, you have to email them. And by the way, they might write back and say, I think this is great. We're giving to some other places right yeah, now. Can't do it's, it. Can't do it. And that's, like you said, A OK. Love that it. Said, can't do it. That said, Maybe they're like me. Maybe they're supporting a children, girls' school in Afghanistan. That's true. Razi is ray of hope. We should get Don't to I that. know well, it? That should be one of our, that should be, maybe that'll be our next charity. Because I, I have a, a number of students I'm supporting there. But I'm not talking about it all the time. No. No. So should somebody send me an email and say, Ronnie doesn't care about girls in Afghanistan. Well, what do you know? Yeah, that's the thing is, I get that it's sort of hard to take personally. And listen- I've gotten a few like that. I will say, I've gotten a few like that in my life where it's sort of like, and this may be shitty, where it's a fundraising thing where I'm like, I am not connected to this cause at all. I I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. And, but I will say, if it's a good enough friend, I do donate. Yeah. But also if you're in a position to. If you're in a position to, that's right. People can- Make their own decisions. And people totally. are strange about money. Not everybody likes to give the way you give. No one, everyone has to do it the way you do it. I, Maria, I have to say, I know you're a lovely person and that this is all coming from a good place. I mean, we really have sort of torn you to shreds as using, using you as an example for what's going on in this moment. Right. But we see that Maria is a force for good. You're a lovely person. This is a lovely idea. It just doesn't necessarily line up with what's going on in everybody else in your lives' lives right now. Exactly. That said, I will <sighs> say- All right. We'll s- send us some coffee, Brian. I'll send it. We'll send her some coffee. I'll say it one more time, though. Um, if I, I have a friend from back home, from El Paso, who did something like that on social media. Yeah. I breezed right by it. It was sure. something happening there. Breezed right by it. I got an email a few days later, not just to me, but, and I was sort of like, you know, I'm just going to do it because A, I am from there, I guess, but but B, like they've asked me and that just signifies to me that they're really putting in the work or something. And also like- my friend reached out to me. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So give it a shot. I'd love to hear what happens. But everybody gets to make their own decisions. Absolutely. And everybody's also, you're not the only person that's asking people. Everybody's asking for money every minute now. Everywhere you turn, a celebrity, a cause, a this, a that. And people should be uh, conscious about where they spend and how it gets spent and that it should mean something to them. Yes. And you shouldn't have to feel the pressure to donate if you don't want to. Like I said, agree. is everybody on here in sauna privileges? Are they still our friends? Yes, they are. We adore our carriage house members. People get to make their own decisions. This That's is the, right. the free nation of the carriage house. That's right. Yeah. Well, Maria, if you come to 54 Below, there's a chance we'll sing Maria. <laughs> I just met a girl named Maria. Maria. That was uh, good, Rana. Oh, thank you. I could I could do about one or two notes, but I couldn't sing a whole song. You were great. I can only do moments. 
I'm more of a mom. If we do, when we do the number, I'll do a lot of sing talking and then I'll do that, a little I like little that more moment. than anything, actually. Yeah. Do, 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 do. When yeah. you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. A exactly. lot of voc- vocalizing. Yep. Um, all right. This has been fabulous. It Everyone have has. a fabulous Labor Day. Have the best time. Have a spin and gin. That's the new drink, a spin drift and gin. Oh, sure. Spin and gin. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Have a spin and gin. Or I don't know what I'm going to be serving. I've got to really get my menu together. I don't know right. what I'm going to serve on the vineyard because it is end of the season. Well, his mom's been making Clamato, so I could bring some of that over. Well, I'll be honest with you. You know what I do love is a michelada. People don't know that about me. Do you want to know something? And Clamato in a michelada, michelada is quite good. My dad and my grandmother say that our family in Mexico invented the michelada. That, it well, it I'm can't gonna, be true. Why do they think that's the case? I can't remember, but I've heard this story in my family for years and years and years. It has to do with the Safi brand of hotels? No, it was predated that even. I need, I'm going to need details. I understand. Does your father make a michelada? Because does he know how to make a good michelada? No, not really. Does he have any recipe that's his thing that he makes? Yes. Um, like ribs or he grills? It's like, yes, it's like game meat stew type stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so do like you venison eat it? stew, that sort of thing. Is it good? It is. It's actually very good. Yeah, but that's his thing. He'll make a sausage. Yeah. When am I going to get my shrimp cocktail? I want to try you. What was it called? <gasps> Test Mexican Kitchen. Mexican the, it was shrimp the American Test Kitchen Mexican shrimp cocktail. Any yeah. old time, Ronnie. It's so good. Sounds delicious. Especially to me. on a hot day. Like gazpacho shrimp, basically. It's like gazpacho shrimp, basically. Love that. You eat love it with that. a spoon. I haven't had any gazpacho this summer, and I love gazpacho. I haven't either. I used to yeah. love a vichy suave, but I don't think I do anymore. Well, I've never had a vichy suave. Yeah, not, there's something about the texture now that creeps me out. Not for me. That's where I draw the line. I understand. Yeah, I don't want fish in a blender. That's not interesting to me. Uh, all right, dear. Happy Labor Day to all of our CHIPs. Enjoy the, enjoy the break because we have so many exciting things coming this it fall. It never stops. How coming can we stop? this fall. Coming right. this fall in the carriage house. We That's should do right. a, a trailer so they know what's coming up. We should. But it'll be Ronica before you know it. We're already starting to think about I it. I can't believe it. Don't forget to subscribe to the coffee. You get $3 off every bag. AskRonaCoffee.com. You decide how often it comes, whether it's every week or once a month or every two weeks, whatever you want. It's up to you. You can cancel any time, but why would you? Rana Reads. Rana Reads uh, here on Patreon. And people can write to us and tell us if there's certain books that they want me to do, and then I'll ignore their emails. Sure. Uh, and oh, our quiff, of course. Of course we have our week. quiff. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. And our selections are, Brian's going to tell you. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. With Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson, directed by Rennie Harlan. It's so fun. And then what was your other selection? This is an all Brian quiff. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, my other suggestion or selection is Weekend, which I yes. think is on Criterion and maybe Amazon. It's, I mean, you can rent it everywhere, but I think it's on the Criterion. And Who's the star in case there's a couple of different weekends? There isn't really a star. Or I the director. T- do you know yeah, who it is? I, I can tell you the director whose name I always forget, but I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Um, it's set in the UK, which is fun. So we're doing a Brian Quiff next week. Oh I can't God, wait. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Can't wait to rip both these movies to shreds. So Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, hey or hi. He's the one who also did that movie 45 years with – Charlotte Rampling. Um, oh. Yeah. Andrew Hay. Hi. Something like that. Well, can't wait. 
And he also was the assistant editor on Gladiator and Black Hawk Down. <gasps> Your that's favorite what, movie, Ron. That's what I should have done is Gladiator. Yep. Ah, uh, all right. The week, the quiff after we'll do Gladiator. Great. Okay. So I can't wait. Me and too. yeah, we'll do uh we'll do an all oops, all Brian quiff next week. Yes. Um, all right. Have a wonderful weekend. Kiss, kiss, and we can't wait to see you on the carriage house very soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.